What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, I'm diving into the real reality of Behind the Velvet Rope. I am honored to welcome David Yontev from the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast onto the show today. One of the biggest content creators in the HCU and pop culture in general blesses my line to discuss being a go-to destination for Bravo libs as well as A-list celebrities, frequenting elite circles, establishing a close chemistry with Kim D, navigating the fandom versus the network. I ask for advice as an up-and-coming podcaster who learns during this interview just how similar to David I really am. We discuss Charlie from Vanderpump Rules, Black China, Low Bosworth, and so much more. Locking while I clock in, because we certainly, certainly, certainly got into it. Mr. Yantev, how are you doing? Thank you so much for taking my call. How are you today? What's going on? You are what's going on today. You are what's going on. Yes, it's all about you. You are my Sunday. You are God today. How are you, my love? I'm doing well. Listen, I'm waking up. I'm having a late start to today in New York City. I'm having a cup of coffee. And, you know, as long as I have my coffee, life is good. That's fair. I not necessarily late starting. I've been up very early this morning. I think it's just because out of nerves and anxiousness, I've been so ready to talk to you. So oh I'm feeling good. I'm excited to chat. What is going on? Oh, you know, the things of the things, all things housewives, cinematic universe, and whatever else goes on out goes on throughout reality TV. Well, there's a lot going on now, it, isn't there? Absolutely. But but before we dive into the shits, when did you fall in love with reality TV? I mean, you know, I was kind of right there from the beginning. You know, I mean, The Hills, Laguna Beach, The Simple uh-huh. Life, like way before Housewives. That's it just spoke to me. I mean, you know, and like we all know now that it's not real but do we really need to know that you know you just get sucked into people's lives so really i think like laguna beach the simple life like that was kind of my gateway drug around that time i think for me my obsession was somewhere at a cross between road rules and the hills because I love the competition of road rules, but the cinematic drama and styling, like the hills was shot like Melrose Place. 
it was um yeah and like i i like the real world and all of that but it really was yeah laguna beach in the hills is when i really and i don't know if you watch selling sunset it's the same person that did the hills in laguna beach it's brilliant no wonder it's so popular it's brilliant it feels the same way it's shot the same way with the music and the drama and it's just you're like man adam Devello is the one who does it it's like you are just a genius but yes the hills was just everything right yes absolutely i've been watching and listening to a lot of um podcasts because there's a lot of the stars of the show that are going back and covering it now Holy and listening to whitney port and her husband watch the show and recap it is some of the the most hilarious content on youtube i highly recommend they're all doing it like i had adrena patridge on my show right before she started doing her podcast with brody and it's like it's it's just great it's all great kristen and i think steven are doing a podcast about the hills right now yep shout out to them shout out to them what was the moment, the episode, or the season that you knew that you had to create content about Bravo? I mean, I feel like I knew it before I started doing it. You know, it was one of these things where, because I was kind of friendly with a lot of these housewives. And so it was one of these things where it was like, what am I going to do with this? Like, I feel like I have an insider's perspective in a way. You know, that's where the name behind the Velvet Rope came up for my podcast, because it was kind of like I was hanging out with some of these people and it was like, oh, let me take you behind the Velvet Rope. So it was kind of like I knew for a while when I was kind of hanging in these circles that I should do something. I just didn't know what like what to do. Is it a blog? Is it this? Is it that? And then I'm like, well, maybe it's a podcast. And so that's kind of how I started my podcast. And I didn't really think it would become a thing. You know, I really was just like, let me do this, see what happens. It was a thing before COVID, but then when COVID happened, I really doubled down. It was like, wait a second. It was like, I have all this time. And that's when I really started reaching out to people. And a lot of people were saying yes to interviews. And that's when I just started having a ton of interviews. And that's when I kind of went from two days a week to three days a week. And now it's like a five day a week podcast. And I think through that, I realized like, listen, I'm a business person. It is all about business to me at the end of the day. I'm like Bethany Frankel. And it just was like, no, I want this to be a business. Like I'm not okay just chatting with these people and having fun, which more power to anyone that that's the path they want to take. To me, it was like, this needs to become a business and I need to make money. And so I just went into beast business mode. And that's kind of how, that's kind of how we are, where we are today. That touches me so heavily because I really, when I decided to do this podcast, I knew that I was going to go balls to the walls with it. And, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of with this show is that I produce it in the style of a talk show where I do release new new shows five days a week, right? And so for me, it's all about the intention. So I want to lay the intention that like the the, um, talk space is where I want to end up. So me doing this podcast in the style of a talk show is showing you that I can produce or be in position to do the talk show when it comes my way. Do you get what I mean? So I love that you really took what you knew was going to be your passion project and made it into your paycheck in the same vein. Like 
that's 100% um, runs home with me. It's kind of like the goal, right? It's like, it's kind of like everyone's goal is like everyone wants to really make money doing what they love to do, right? They say that like, if you are doing what you love for a living, then you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, so far in doing this podcast, this is the first time, and I've been, you know, trying to be in the, in, in the entertainment industry for years. But this podcast is the first time that I've truly felt like I've loved what I'm doing, even though it's the most work that I've ever done at one time. Like, I absolutely love what I'm doing. And that's the first time that that phrase has ever really applied to me. It's like, oh, this really doesn't feel like work because I'm having the best time. I mean, five days a week is no joke, right? Not at all. Not at all. And it feels like seven days a week because even on the weekends, you're still reaching out to people, still confirming interviews, still following up with things, still editing, still scheduling things, still doing this and that. But if you truly enjoy it, like it becomes just something you look forward to doing. Like I genuinely love waking up and working on my podcast every day. So I mean, it doesn't feel like I'm clocking into a job. I mean, that's great, right? 100%. What's your ultimate goal as a podcaster or a content creator? I mean, such a good question. I don't know. You know, I feel like I, look, I want to grow every year. I have goals. I mean, and we can get into them. But at the same time, I feel like this year, which was my third year, it's kind of like, you know, because I had another business prior to this way back, which had nothing to do with this. And I ran it the same way that I run this in the sense that like, I'm good. Like year three was like, wow. Now, of course I want to grow. Of course I have goals. Of course I want to make more money, but you know, I feel like if this is it, if, if every year from now on is like this year, 2022, I'm okay. You know, so it's almost like I have goals, but I don't want to get too cocky and too greedy because I feel like in business, that's where people trip themselves off. So if next year is like this and I make the same amount of money and I have the same type of year, great. It's almost like this is the model year. Now, having said that, I mean, I'd like this to go on for a long time. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing TV. Like, you know, I just, I, I but things are good. Things are really good. So I feel like I had goals and I kind of achieved them and I guess I have other goals, but at the same time, the thing is kind of running itself now in year three. And I'm just so busy that it's almost like if these are the guests that are coming on, if this is the way it's working, like don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, I'm, I was worried about this year in January and now I opened my eyes and it's November. It's just kind of happening. So if I have right. another year like that, where it just kind of all happens, with some goals off to the side, that wouldn't be bad. It'd be another great year. I absolutely love that. That sounds like a really sweet space to be. It is. It is. It's like, that's you know, and like, I think that's how business should work. It's like year three should be easier than year one, right? Like, so year two <clears> was <throat> cool, now it's year three. And so 
yeah, it, this is like a good space to be. And of course, like you're always open to ideas. And like, I'm the type that I will listen to anything that is put in front of me. And if an opportunity presents itself, normally I say yes, because you never know, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of like a yes person, but it's all kind of working now. And so it's like, if this is it, this is, I, I'm, I, I'm good. So you're at a position where you, you're able to only say yes to something if it adds or supplements what you already have going on. Yes. Like, for instance, we just did, I just did our first ever Behind the Velvet Rope live show. I have mixed feelings about doing a live show. I'm not opposed to it, but, you know, a lot of it, look, there's, there's positives to it, but it's not like something I was looking for. I really didn't have the time at the moment. You know, there's a lot of things going on and it just kind of came to me and this promoter and then City Winery and they're like, look, we really, so it's like, eventually, if you're still asking me after three weeks, sure. Now my answer is yes. Like it wasn't really yes, but sure. Like, let's do this. <laughs> so I'm not really one to say no to things, even if I don't think it's the best idea i'm just like you know what like if enough if you ask me enough times i'm like maybe you know something more than i do let's go down this road but yeah definitely i feel like i don't it's it's hard to explain like i used to wake up with like okay like these are the goals for three months from now and these are the goals for six months now that it's kind of happening it's just like i'm in it so it's not that there are no goals but the goals are really just like, let's keep this train moving because this is a good train. That's beautiful. Can you speak to the difficulty of getting TV personalities on for interviews? Well, it's not easy. You know, I mean, I think it, it it's like anything else. Like the bigger my show has gotten, the easier it's gotten. I mean, I also have people that help. So I book people now a lot through people I know. I mean, I have a team of people that, well, not a team. I have somebody that reaches out for me. So look, I think the more names you have, and that's why I don't want to be all Bravo. I don't want to be all housewives. I really like the diversity because, so, you know, if I want to reach out to a music person, it's kind of like a name, it's, it's, it's a name game. It's like, well, here are the other musical people I've had on. Great. You're an actress. Here are the actresses we've had on. Right. And, and it works with housewives too. Like, oh wait, you had on, you know, Vicky and Tamara and Countess Luann and Sutton and Crystal. You know what I mean? The more right. big housewife names you mention, then people are. So it's the same with actresses and music, but there's really no rhyme or reason to it. That's another thing I've learned. Like you could have a lesser known, smaller name person just not want to do it. And you're like, wait, but I had so-and-so and, -so. and it's, it just, so, but it is a constant, it's not easy, but I think it gets easier when you have a name you can throw around and now you have four names and now you have 10 names that you've had on. It's just, it's kind of like a chain effect, a snowball effect where it just kind of all falls into place. I totally relate to that. I think as I've been doing this podcast, you know, I specifically reach out to content creators because I want to curate more, more, you know, relatable conversations so that my listeners feel like they're just like watching the shows with us instead of like uh, being like starstruck. Like I would love to have conversations with people who they can relate to. And so, you know, as the different names that have come through, big or small, depending on where you're looking or, you know, who the person is, 
um, it's definitely made getting people on easier or whatever based on you know who's been on and the more interviews that I have on the easier it is for people to feel comfortable coming on which is part of the reason why I took my show five days a week because I wanted to build that catalog really quickly and so I started reaching out to people like all day every day and so I'm you know just lighting them up and so I can totally speak to that I completely relate to what you're saying and I think with five days too, it's like, look, it's like anything else, right? Like the more you do something, the more you become an expert at it, or it's like easier, right? So it does add up very quickly when it is five days a week. I, I totally agree. Like the other day I looked and I'm like, man, like if I was doing two days, it would take me forever to get to this many shows. And it's just- 621. It, yeah. And that doesn't include the Patreon shows or it. So it just becomes like- the more you do anything, just you don't think about it. You're like, oh, wow. Like, this used to take me an hour. Now it takes me 10 minutes. Like, that's right. really just the way it's supposed to work. So it's all good. Do you find reality stars are more guarded or more anxious to share? I think that they are more not it's different they're more high maintenance in a lot of ways behind the scenes is what they are you know you get big actresses and really famous people and they're just lovely you know what i mean they just understand and then you get these reality people where it's like you know they think i don't get out of bed for less than ten thousand dollars yeah and then like calling afterwards and you want edits no we're not editing this out like i don't know why why you said this if you don't want it out there sorry that not happening. so you get a lot of drama before and after like on air they're probably as revealing as others i don't know if there's such a difference but it's the high maintenance associated with them before and after that is greater than any actual real celebrity that I've experienced. Mm. Do you have a favorite interview that you're willing to share? (laughs) I think, you know, I have favorites. Like if I didn't overthink it, I have people like Janice Dickinson. I love. Icon. Right, like. icon and she doesn't care and she just says whatever is on her mind so her you know susan lucci from all my children another icon there was no reason she wasn't promoting anything we just had like a mutual friend in common and it's one of these things and like she was just amazing those are i mean and i had ann hayes before i had her this year i mean not right before she passed away but in the beginning of the year and i mean it was released probably a few like a month ago she was just wonderful those are maybe without overthinking it the three that kind of come to the top of my mind that's amazing rest in peace dan yeah and she was great and just like but like janice dickinson at the time was by far my favorite and then susan lucci was probably right up there I've seen the Janice interview because I was, when I saw it, it was Janice, I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm watching this. I'm watching the clips on YouTube. I, I'm listening to this on Apple. I'm listening to all of this. I was Janice is just everything. Yes, always. Well, I still watch Janice Dickinson's um, show about the agency on YouTube all the time. 
it was a great show. show and and we like cover that in the interview i mean we and that's what i love i love when someone checks like so many boxes so like with janice it's like okay you're the world's first supermodel let's talk about Gigi and bella and kendall you had this reality show the janice dickinson model agency before reality tv was a thing let's talk about that let's talk about america's next top model and tyra and housewives and so like with someone like janice that is like checks so many boxes that's like my favorite type of interview because you could just cover so much absolutely how do you prepare for an interview I mean, usually, and that's where, I mean, I've gotten it down. I mean, that's something I have to do it myself. I could never have someone do it for me. Like I really, depending upon who it is, it takes a minute, you know? And, and I think because it's a business now for me, I definitely interview people that I don't necessarily know or like or care about the majority are on brand but sometimes i'll interview you know i'll be like wow this person's on brand for my audience but i'm not a fan or i don't know anything about them so sometimes it's really but putting that aside you know there are just people like a janice or susan lucci where i'm like this could be a once in a lifetime thing so i just want to put more time into this you know but Normally, I just, I start with like Wikipedia and I just start going from there. And like one thought leads to another. And it's really, I'm just in my computer. It's just Google, Google, Google. And then like, of course, you know certain things about certain people and you want to ask certain things. But I really prepare by over-preparing and I really just so much down. And then I look and I'm like, okay. You know, because I also deal with like, agents and managers and networks so a lot of times it's not carte blanche a lot of times it's like you have 30 minutes that's it it's not an hour it's not 45 and it's really so i mean an hour interview is actually easier to do than 30 minutes yes god it is so right so a lot of times it's like you just i over prepare and then i'm going down of like all right, these are the B-list questions and like these are the ones I must get in there. And you know, you come with an agenda. So when there's a time limit, you really have to go fast. And it's, it's, but that's kind of how I prepare. It's like I over-prepare, I get everything down. I kind of talk to myself as I'm preparing. (laughs) I actually pretend I'm asking the question. That is really my process. You know, it always is, you know? I relate. Yes, I do know. 100%. What's been the most impactful sentiment you've taken from an interview? I think, like, look, so many interviews are just phoned in where you're like, oh, you're so just giving me canned answers. And then other ones you're like, I'm so in the moment with this person and this is so real. I mean, I love interviews where someone is just has like just such a positive view of life and they're like you know i had just had one it was someone who i don't really want to get into because like you know i I hate to say the guest before they come up but like i love also like anyone that like i had like a lot of like the 80s child stars like Mackenzie phillips and corey Mm. 
like I love when someone has like I just love certain topics. I love talking about fame. I love talking about the addiction of fame. I love when people talk addiction. So like Mackenzie and like anyone who's like recovering and like went there and like really had to go to rehab and was like known for it. like Mackenzie Phillips is known for her bad behavior on drugs and Corey Feldman. I love like I love when I get serious. I love this real story. Yeah, I love that type of stuff. I do. And a lot of times you have someone coming up where they have that and you're like, you can't mention this or whatever. But, you know, a lot of times, listen, you could mention most things, but I love like the real stories where someone just has been to hell and back and everyone knows it and you get to go there. I totally relate to that. I've done a lot of interviews. Well, I've done one, well, nowhere near as many as you, but for launching this podcast about two months ago i've done quite a few interviews at this point but i have found that the interviews that i remember or the ones that i stick out the ones that stick out to me or the ones that i go back to are always the ones where there's really a deeper story that's just attached to their reality tv like there's one interview that i did where this woman relates to housewives because of what Kelsey did to Camille. She went through basically the same thing with her ex-boyfriend and then she basically followed Camille's story because she was grieving that relationship as Camille was at the same time. Like it was just a, like it was like, I've heard a lot of deep shit come from people's experience with reality TV, with reality TV. And it really kind of made me lean into the interview part of this podcast. And I was like, oh, this is where the, this is where the action is. This is where I need to be. I, I think so. I, I think so. And it's just, it, look, it's really interesting getting to know these people, right? Because you really do have a real conversation. And then if you, when you speak to the person again, you're like, regardless of what's going on in the world, you're like, that was real and that was authentic. It was real. Yeah. And I've had a lot of real talks and I appreciate every single person that comes on this show because like they just eventually feel free to just open up about whatever. And I'm like, I don't really, you know, prod or ask too deep a question just depending on who it is. But like, I've really had some really extensively deep conversations on here. Now, how do you navigate an interview that's just not giving you what you need from it? And how do you pivot? I mean, you definitely look, there are definitely interviews where, and I always wonder, I'm like, can people tell? Sometimes they can, and can the person tell? Like, you just sometimes, like, I had this situation recently too. Now, it's really strange because when the interview was over, her team told my team that she absolutely loved this experience. And I'm like, is she just like overcompensating or is that true? But, I felt the whole time like we just, there was no tension or we just weren't connecting, you know? And I feel like when that happens, it's really like, I ask a question, I get an answer. Okay, now there's silence. I ask another question. Like, you know, yeah. I've seen those where you ask a question, you get an answer, silence. You, you know, and that went on the whole interview. And a lot of times it's like, look, I mean, I feel when that happens and when it's happening, it's like, 
sometimes you can pull the person out of it and you get a little something more. And then other times you're like, it's just, it's not even a lost cause. You're like, this person has a big name behind them. They have a lot of fans. Someone's gonna love this, but you're like, you look, we're like- It's not happening. Yeah, like we're 35 minutes in. It's just not gonna happen. I mean, you say this to yourself and you're like, that's okay. It just is what it is. And then you get through it. And then sometimes I feel guilty afterwards. I'm like, I mean, but look, you don't give up. Like I even have people leave comments like, oh my God, I could tell this was painful, but good for you for hanging. I mean, look, you gotta, <laughs> like the train has left the station, right? So we're not, yeah. we're not gonna pivot. We're not gonna like end this in the middle of it. You know, I mean, I feel like sometimes, look, I have to get things from someone. So when you have these awkward questions you know i have like a there is a style to my interviews like let's start slow and like i you know like i gotta get to this really tense question and you're gonna be having a great time with me and like 35 minutes in you're not gonna be happy when i ask this but <laughs> i have worn you down i have stripped away the layers you're a little more relaxed we're having a moment so, and then, so sometimes when you ask that, you know, you just, like, I clench my fist a lot under the table of like, this is the one, like, this is such an inappropriate question, David. It's so inappropriate. Like, so, I mean, I don't blame someone, but you have to ask, this is what everyone wants. So you kind of get to that, like this answers your question about pivoting. And then you ask another one. And sometimes you just can tell you get one, two, three, four, you just read the room and you know when it's like, okay, like you got what you wanted. You kind of have two more in you, but it's time to pivot. And then now like you just, you just know when it's like, this is enough. Like you gotta pivot. Cause this person's about to tell you off after two more questions. <laughs> How much focus do you put on questions that are you know this is what the audience wants to hear and how much focus do you put on questions that are this is what i want to know i feel i probably put more emphasis on and my show gets a lot of press so now that's become a thing because now i know how to interview to get a headline and be in paid six and so i feel like there's almost that's a third element so I feel like it's, what does the audience want to know? What do I have to ask? Like, what is going to be the headline? Like with Janice Dickinson, love her, you love her. The bottom line is she's probably not getting a headline on her own. So going into that, I said, it's very simple. All like the headline from this interview is Gigi and Bella and Kendall, period, the end. So I need a quote about them. Now, I said to myself, if it was positive, if she said Gigi and Bella and Kendall are brilliant supermodels, that it doesn't have to be negative. It's like, you have to know what question to ask that I don't care what your answer is. It could be good, it could be bad. The answer to this question is a headline. If she said they were great, it would have been the world's first supermodel, puts her stamp of approval on Gigi and Bella and Kendall. I mean, she didn't, she trashed them. And then that's <laughs> But it's kind of like, so it's really three categories of like, what do people want to know? Do I have some self-indulging questions? And what do I have to ask to get a headline? That's really like with Janice, like, 
the JDMA, like Janice Dickinson modeling agency, I put that in like the self-indulgent category of like, yeah, I don't know. No one's really there. They want to hear about next top model and all this other stuff. I, I want to know about that. Cause like you, I was a huge fan of that show. And so yep. you, and I liked it. If it's my first time with someone, I like to cover a lot of things in their career, but you know, like that was like, I want to know about this experience. So I'm going to ask I mean, we're not going to spend 30 minutes on it. That was an example. The Kendall stuff was like, I had to get my headline. And then there was all the other stuff about, which with Janice, I wanted to know everything, but like next top model and Tyra and all that nonsense. So you kind of have like three categories and it's kind of like, I cover them all usually. That makes perfect sense. Genius. What you know, genius? And the, the headline will always be part of it. It will always be like, and look, there's some people, it's not, there are just certain interviews where I go in wanting my headline and you don't get it. I mean, so that happens where you just, just, you get like some one sentence answer and you're like, this is, this is nothing. Like I didn't get it. And I don't know if the other person is aware of what I'm trying to do, but like you, so that happens. And then there's other interviews where you go in, you're like, there is no headline in this. This is, this is, cause I interview people for self-indulgence also like where you're like no one's gonna listen to this i mean that's the beauty of five days a week is that right. you can have a like this person is some you know star from the 80s and they're not like a big name and no one's you know a lot of people are gonna feel the nostalgia but others are not gonna know who this is and like i don't care i'm thrilled to interview this person so but and i'm freaking the fuck out yeah, and i'm freaking <laughs> out and i'm and i don't care if no one listens you know, because this is just for me. So you have that too. So it's really, that's the beauty of five days a week. But then there's also what I was going to say is there's like people like that where you go in and you're like, there's no headline here. This is like, it's not of the moment. And then by the end of the interview, you're like, oh my God. Like I interviewed her first season, Charlie Burnett from Vanderpump Rules. I was like, not, not excited. I was like, that was when we had all these new people. She was the smallest mm -hmm. on the show. Nobody cared. I was like, whatever. And it turned out she was like, went on and on about Stassi and Katie and Kristen and how they were mean girls and they wouldn't speak to her through like during, and it was like, it became this whole thing of like the hazing of the newbie. And like, when I was done, I was like, this is like crazy. And it turned out to be viral press a blockbuster episode one of my biggest today like it just became a whole thing and i was like see you know that's where it's like what you think is going to be a blockbuster sometimes isn't and the interview you think is like you're not even excited for it turns out to be like one of the best ones ever so i swear sometimes you you, you have expectations and it's exactly what you think and other times you're like man i just you know why did i ever underestimate this person i feel so bad i absolutely get that now i remember i think your first interview with kim d a couple years ago it was a long was maybe time ago. In, i think it was maybe in 2020 i think because i remember it like specifically saying it's like like her first time on the show how did you develop such a close chemistry on the show where she's like on the show all the time now and i love it well we were friends before that first interview so i already knew her and 
so we we were friends like look it just happened organically we just became friends and the thing is that's another thing besides my five days a week i have my patreon saturdays which is you know what people pay for and so i don't know like saturdays patreon didn't really have its own identity there were different things i was trying out on there and you know of course that's the paid day a week the goal is to have people subscribe and i don't know like i'm friends with kim it just kind of started like we were kicking like she was on the show a bunch and we were kicking around like I don't know. She was like, like you talk so much about Jersey. I'm like, you should come on once a week. And she's like, I should. And I was like, really? Really? You're really going to do this once a week? Because Kim says she's going to do something a lot of times and then she doesn't follow through. Love you, Kim. <laughs> but that's nothing I wouldn't say to her face. Right. Um, and so, like, look, I was like, let's not bill this as every Saturday because I don't buy it. And then she was there one Saturday and then she was there another Saturday. And I was like, oh, and like, it's really become the most popular day of the week. You know, she like when Jersey went off the air, I was like, so I mean, she really came on to recap Jersey every week while it was on, which makes sense because she knows a lot of these people and she has a lot. Right. To say. Then when it went off the air, she was like, well, I'm having fun. I mean, I stay home. This is I'll do it. I'm like, well we can talk about jersey every week there's some other you know there's stuff going on when it's not filming but we have to pick something that's on currently and that's when she was like well i'll do beverly hills like all right so you have to watch beverly hills every night you know that it's on so that's kind of was this past season now she's doing salt lake and when that's by the time that ends jersey's gonna be back so it just became saturdays with kim d like i didn't and that's an example of like sometimes in business and running a podcast or anything you have to listen to the audience right so like that is the most popular day of the week people have flocked to my patreon because of kim day so yeah girlfriend you're gonna stay here like you know what i mean it's like <laughs> it's not even a matter of like do i want to do something it doesn't matter saturdays is with kim because this makes business sense so we're gonna keep this so it's just sometimes you have to listen to like what shows are rating and like i always like to look like i always look at the charts and the downloads just to know you know, you don't have to get so caught up in it, but you have to listen to the people when it's such a a wide number of people that are wanting something. You're like, okay, so great. This is the route we're going to go. That decision was easy. Right. Have you ever felt the need to hold someone accountable that you're interviewing? Yeah, a lot of the time. I mean, that I think is more with Housewives mm -hmm. in reality people than celebrities but yeah i mean i go there like i will ask the questions you know and you push and then after one or two times sometimes you just realize like i know the truth and apparently you know i mean you don't say this but you're like i know the truth but apparently we're not going to get that here today like some right. people just won't give you the real deal but you you go there and you push and then but a lot of times you get a real answer and you're like thank you you know like i love ask like i love asking people to admit they were fired all these people you know mm -hmm. i mean it's different now people are starting to just say it i was like but you know all these people that make their statement about like this i'm like you were fired you didn't quit the house <laughs> You know, so I love just like, I love just like, look, like, let's just have like a real chat, you know? Absolutely. Based on your definition, 
what's the difference between a controversial housewife or reality star and a problematic housewife and reality star? I think the problematic is when it just becomes like to me it's like you know you look at like what just happened at BravoCon with Jennifer Aiden and the Gorgas. Like to me, problematic is when like it is a job. And so I think a great housewife controversial is when you just do it all on air. Like I don't know if there's really too much you can do on air. Like you're filming, that's the job. Go for it. I think it becomes like too much when now you're not filming and like you're doing things like throwing a drink or getting into like a scuffle at BravoCon. like that's not the time or place and like i don't understand like you're you're not being paid to cause drama now that's when it's right. like and also why why are you letting, real yeah and why are you letting this like spill over into your real life like who cares to that point, how often do you have people, and I'm sure this is probably more housewives than not, how often do you have people come on your show with a specific narrative now that your show's so huge and everybody knows Beyond the Beyond the Velvet Rope, everybody knows David. How often do you have people come on your show now with a specific intention to direct a certain narrative when it comes to their interview? What do you mean? Like, just as far as, like... Like they come on the show uh, and, and like maybe after they'll say, or I'm um, like before they'll say, hey, don't ask me this. I only want to talk about this or, you know, I, or, you know, try to try to basically shape yeah, how the right. interview is going to go. Yeah. I mean, it definitely happens like i would say it doesn't happen as often as you think and that's where it's like a home run is you have an hour and good luck and it's me and the person we're having a lovely talk and there's two people like what a lot of people i don't think realize is there ain't two people on the zoom lots of the time a lot of the time there are, but a lot of the time this Zoom that I am on now has a network. The Fox network is listening. Bravo is listening. CBS is, they have a manager, an agent, a publicist. So, you know, so the home run is here's an hour, good luck. And a lot of times, like, you don't know. You just get on and you're like, okay, we're three minutes into this. Yes, this is a home run. Nobody is on. I mean, it's not like the person's there and you don't know. You know, sometimes you're told. So normally, I guess, you get carte blanche with no do not discuss things most of the time. Most of the time. A lot of times, look, I mean, it's not like someone's giving you a list of here are 13 things you can't ask, but a lot of times there are one or two things you can't ask. And if it's ridiculous, then I will push back. Like, here's an example of like, her people reached out to me, Black China. 
I thought this was a joke. Mm. It's like an account on Instagram with no followers. And it's like, I'm Black China's PR. Would you want to have her on? I'm like, okay, this person is a crazy stalker. This is not. <laughs> right. So I was like, sure, but can you please email me? So then they email me for some Gmail account. I'm like, oh my God, this doesn't help. This really. But look, like, let's, like I say, let's go down this road. Let's just assume this is real. And then after going back and forth a few times, I'm like, I think this is fucking real. Then they, then they started getting into, well, listen, you can't. And then, then I realized like, oh, this is real. Wow. Okay. So this person wow. was like, they were like, you can't ask any questions about the Kardashians. And I'm like, listen, slow, let's back the car. Back <laughs> right. the car. Put it in parks. Babe. Right. I'm like, listen. I think I understand what you're saying. I, I, there's a lawsuit, her and Rob and Chris, and we moved on from that. I'm like, I don't want to ask anything about the lawsuit. I don't need to know who did what and you and Rob and who, I don't need to know any of that. I, they're like, okay, so like what, I'm like, I want to ask current stuff. And they were like, what are you talking about? I want to know what she thinks about Kim and Pete. Because these are the headlines. Not who pushed who. And the headline is, what does, like, I want a quote from Black China. I wish Kim the best of, and it did, it went viral. I'm like, I want to know what she thinks about Chloe always taking back, you know, these these guys and Tristan. That's what right. I want to know. I, I, I want to know about Travis Barker and Courtney. What, what does she think? And they were like, that's what you want to know. I'm like, yeah, the same way I'd want to know from anyone walking down the street. It doesn't matter. Whatever Black China says, whatever her answer is about, you know, Kim and Pete, that is going to be viral. And it was. I'm like, so I know what I need. For, and they were like, okay, you can ask two Kardashian questions. I'm like, that's all I need. Great. So sometimes, you know, and I'm like, look, she's in a lawsuit. I don't want to ruin her life. I don't even want to know about that. So sometimes if you're given a no, and depending upon who it is, like I really wanted to interview Black China. So if they said no, I still would have said yes. I mean, I don't know, you know, no disrespect to her. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I have a way of getting things in. <laughs> you can play good cop, bad cop, and be like, well, I would never ask you about this, blah, blah, and then say it. In the, and that's the other thing. Normally, I find it's not the person. It's a team. And when you get the person on, they're willing to actually answer it. But I do push back. But the majority of time, you're able to just you're able to just ask whatever you want. It's, you know, there are times where it's like, I'm trying to think of an example where I've just turned, oh, I have an example. I'm trying, I'm, like, I'm trying to give an example where I actually turned an interview down, which is very rare, very rare. This is full circle where we started. So I was approached by Low Bosworth's people recently to interview her. Whoa. <laughs> listen and I, it's not gonna happen so it's like she has a new book it's all about your gut health and your vagina health and women's oh. health and i was like we are gonna promote this book so heavily of course but like queen B. right but they literally were like she doesn't want to talk about lauren or and i'm like okay but like fine <laughs> Right. But yeah. like, we're going to talk about the experience on the hills. And they're like, no, no, no. She doesn't want it, not one not mention or question. You could say this is low from the hills. Not one question about the hills. And I'm like, listen, I'm canceling. I mean, unless you want to have questions, I can't sit here and talk about 
women's health. Like we're just not that podcast. And I'm like, by the way, listen to my chat with Ardrina. Ardrina Patrick came on to promote her new book. We promoted the book. I love that interview. Oh my God. That was one of my favorites. Loved. And she's the sweetest. So that was an example of like, we promoted the book, but I got what I wanted. Every, I mean, that's how it works. Everyone gets what they want. And they actually, were like, yeah. Oh, actually, you're the reason how I fell down that rabbit hole of like figuring out all these people from the hills are doing podcasts because I listened to her interview on your show. And then I was like, what's she doing now? Yeah. <laughs> And I found her podcast, and then Kristen was on, and then I thought her and Steven had a podcast, and then I found Whitney, and she has a whole YouTube channel, and I went down a complete, like, three-week rabbit hole of just watching her and her husband. Shout out to them. So there's an example, like, you know, of, like... We got everyone, and that's how it works. But right, no, I mean, it's rare. I I can't even think of another example. But that is, that's one example where it just was like, this just isn't worth it. Like, I don't know what we're supposed to do here otherwise. That's crazy. It's like, how do I? I mean, it's strange. It's strange. And like, first of all, I mean, I need like 20 minutes only. I mean, this, no one wants to hear about this. We would have, and I prepared a whole show. I'm like, we would have really plugged the book, but there's no way we, like, you don't want me to mention the fact that she was on the hills or talk about that experience at all. That how? Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that that that's an example where I was just like, oh, this interview isn't happening. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, no, no hard feelings. I'm not angry, you know, but like, we're just beyond that here behind the velvet yeah. rope. We're just past that. And like, it's good. It's like, know your self-worth. Know your self-worth. Nothing's going to happen. The world isn't going to explode. My show's going to go on just fine. You know, it's like, of course, I would love to talk to her. But not without being able to talk about the hills for at least 15 minutes out of an hour. Yeah, because I have a couple low Bosworth questions about the hills myself. Anyway. Why do you think the Bravo fandom is seemingly the most toxic fandom in reality TV? Isn't that a good question? And thank you for saying that because it's a hundred percent true. Because <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> it's hundred percent true. I mean, I have people on from all, and also the talent. I mean, I am selling Sunset Bling Empire. This is Netflix. Netflix is national. These are huge, huge huge shows the people from the reality tv shows on netflix are darling first of all and second of all the fans come on they leave comments they leave some positive they leave some negative we move on it doesn't go there it's so strange to me it's like this netflix is bigger than bravo ever will be and these fans come and they're wonderful and they disagree and they argue and we're all happy i don't know it's, I have never in my entire life seen something like this. I don't understand it. We have Jersey Shore. We've had The Hills. We, there's so many other reality shows, even like ones that go low, 90 Day Fiance and this. And even people point to Drag Race. I don't think so. I don't think the Drag Race fans are even close to the Bravo fans as far They're as- extremely racist, but it's never been this bad. It's Bye. never been this bad. Yeah, because I've had a lot of the queens on, you know, and yeah. they're racist and there's they've got a lot of other issues, but it's not like this. 
I agree with you. I think the Bravo fandom is the most toxic, nasty group of people. And I'm, I don't engage. I mean, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm a content creator. I'm a business person here. So I'm not, I don't understand it. I wish I did. I don't know if it's the subject matter. And, but I mean, look at the look, 90 day fiance is, I mean, other reality shows are dragging people. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. And especially housewife fans. That's really, it's, it's really, I don't most toxic group of people. It's very strange. Right? It, it extremely. Like I've like Drag Race was my close second because that fan base is extremely racist. But I've never gotten to a point. See the difference between Drag Race and Housewives is the problem is with Drag Race, it's strictly the fandom, not necessarily the content that's on the screen. So I've never felt the need to stop watching Drag Race with the exception of occasional transphobia from RuPaul. But uh, um, that's okay. Been a couple things, right? You know, we all grow and learn. But uh, but I've never felt the need to just stop watching the show because of the show. It's always been the fans. Whereas with Housewives, it's the stuff that they're doing on the show coupled with the fan experience. Yes. Yes. And I mean, the housewives, oh, I guess the queens get into it on social media too, but it's not the same. It's never been anything like this. Like, no. I, and and I've complained about the house. Or, uh, 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 man, I, I've complained about the Drag Race fandom, but even like, it's never been anything like housewives. I agree. I agree. I don't understand it at all. It's really... I don't know. And I don't know. I mean, I think the housewives add to it. I think, I mean, Bravo doesn't care. They don't care. As long as you don't break that fourth wall, you know what I mean? And talk about behind the scenes production. They don't care if these women knock each other out. They actually probably secretly like it, right? More than likely. So, yeah. Yeah. I I, I just don't. I, I wish I understood because I find it so strange myself. It's like a phenomenon that I've looked into and I just can't get any, like, you know what I mean? The more I look, the more confused I get, but they go there, they go there and it's just, I mean, they'll keep the conversation. I mean, you look at my Instagram page. There are things about Kathy versus Rena. I mean, one of them I think has 2,700 comments on, on my behind the velvet rope Instagram page. I'm like, just people screaming at each other, team this team that I'm like, you realize none of these people know who you are, no, nor ever will. And just because you at them, they're not going to, I don't know if it's insecurity or you, you didn't get enough love as a child. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. But everyone's like, I got my voice and here we go. Very that. How do you think we as content creators can contribute to the maturity of the fan base experience on social media? And do you think we even have that responsibility? what to like try to keep it positive and bring it in that direction yeah to like try to curate a more positive experience within the fan base because i think even like 
with the stuff that goes on on the show, it's even more elevated by the experience that the fans are having on social media. That's where the root of the toxicity truly lies to me. Totally. Totally. I mean, that's like when Ebony was on my show. She was on many times. Ebony K. Williams. She was like, you know, I didn't realize this until she said it. She's like, look back at my season. I there was no real drama on the season between me and any of the women. She's like right. every problem I have, like the reason we are where we are, is because of when I started doing interviews. You know, these women didn't like what I was. So well, her point is like all the drama between her and her castmates didn't even happen on air. It all happened on social media during. So it is true. Like that is where the real toxicity lies. Now, of course, like Beverly Hills this season was an exception. New Jersey's an exception with Teresa and Melissa. But in the majority, a lot of it is like B-level drama on the show, and then it gets escalated to A-plus in social media. It's a really weird dynamic. Um, I don't really know if we have a obligation. I don't think so. And I don't think that, like, I... I don't mind any comment on my Instagram. Like you can be team this, team that. You can say, David, I disagree with you. You're this, you're that. When it gets really nasty is when I'll just block you. Again, just like with the low situation, I think I block like one out of every 500 people. It takes a lot for me to block. I mean, just today someone told me that I was as ugly outside as I am inside. So I'm like, okay, I think this person should be blocked. Like when it goes to like, you know, just, and I'm not going to engage, you know what I mean? But I don't mind to have your opinion, uh, fight it out on my page. I won't really engage because I really don't have a side often because I know how the sausage is made. And so I like, and I really judge you only when I know you and when we speak on my podcast one-on-one, then I make my judgment. Short of that, I really don't get outraged by what I see on the TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't really think we have an obligation and I don't really know. It's almost like a moot point. Like I think you could have every obligation you want you're not going to stop this toxicity even if every content for it just I, I don't know how to reel it in i just don't know yeah like each content creator could could come together and do a we are the world housewives podcast and they still would talk shit about it exactly. that's the thing and so i just don't know but i do agree that it's gotten completely out of control and I don't know how we got here. And I think it's the most toxic group of fans out there. I That I agree with. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from reality TV? I think the biggest lesson I have learned is... Oh God, am I really quoting Lisa Rinna? God fucking help me. Right. But, I mean, God help me here on a Saturday, su- Sunday morning with coffee. On this but, beautiful Sunday morning. I mean, I feel own it because, and I'm not saying Lisa owns it. I'm just saying because if you think about it, like, okay, the let's just, said. right. Like I was just thinking this the other day, like, first of all, I feel that and I feel I've said this a million times. A, if I got chosen to be on Housewives or any reality TV show, A, I would be there for 10 years because I know exactly what to do. And B, never take anything personally. And C, I would hire 
a private investigator if I was chosen to go on a reality show. And I would have them look into my background and I would say, bring me everything. Now I've done, first of all, I've done nothing illegal, nor would I ever done anything illegal because you always get caught. Second of all, there's nothing racist or anything out there that I've said, but it doesn't matter. On things become something. So bring me everything. I want all of it out there and then I'm going to be ready. And so the thing is, what I've learned to answer your question is own it and admit it. Because like, think about it. If Rena, then the person has no power. So if Rena says, or whoever, Denise, you slept with Brandy. Yes, I did. Okay, well, we, we have no story here now. We have no story. Right. I did. Like, right. I, okay, so like, where do you want to go with this? I slept with her. It was great. Next? Now what? So, <laughs> like, you know, Melissa, you know, I mean, did you get on the show behind Teresa's back? Yes, I did. Yeah. Ter Teresa never would have let me on the show. She's jealous. I wanted on this show. Sorry, I'm in New Jersey. It was a housewife show. I deserve to be on. I did. I went behind her back. Great. Guess what? That whole thing that we're still talking about how many years later would have been over with. So just whatever it is, take the power back. Admit it. So I think that applies to life as well. That is what I've learned. If someone calls you on something and it's going to be a big deal, just admit it and squash it. And like, I have the power. Yeah, this is actually embarrassing, you know, or yeah, I cheated on my husband with, you know, Brandy or whatever it is. I would rather like you are not going to hold something over me. No way. So I don't want to deal with this. This is very embarrassing. I have a family, I have friends, but I will throw myself into the fire and embarrass myself for whatever it is that I did that you would like to bring out and hold over me rather than go down this road. I think that is how that's the lesson and it doesn't just apply to reality. It's for life. Just take the power back and don't let someone have anything on you. Just sure. I did this. All right. <laughs> As we've learned from reality in Housewives, it all blows over no matter what you did. No eventually. Yeah. Eventually it will blow over. Look, I think the world is softening on Erica Jane this season. Meow. Mm. Love her. <laughs> I know. I think maybe that's just in my own mind because every time I say that, people are like, "I don't know about that." Right. Um, like, I, well, I think a little bit, but I don't know if it's her. I think it's just that everyone despises Rena so much. But yeah. yeah, like everything does have a life cycle and blow over or subside to some extent. So that's maybe one of the things I've learned and just own it. Yeah, I, I did this next. I mean, that's why like, I was just having this conversation for an episode coming up this week. Like say Denise came back or someone came back gunning for Rinna. I mean, is there any way to really take down Rinna? She, she admits everything. Yeah, I'm a mess. I did this, sure. I don't know. I mean, unless I guess she- we could finally talk about the husband. Right, like maybe she has some deep dark secret there that's gonna come, but I mean, she seems to just, I mean, look, if someone really wanted to take her down, they'll spend time looking into her family. That's the only thing that gets to her, right? Or call Nicolette Sheridan. It, or or call Nicolette Sheridan, exactly. <laughs> My last question for you is, what advice do you have for me as a, a as an up-and-coming podcaster in this space, as the veteran, as the OG, as the one who's doing the things of the things and setting the bars and the trends. Because you really are, like, the biggest person in this space. Like, to me, like, you are, like, the biggest podcaster, like, in this housewife, bravo, reality world. Like, everybody comes to David. They thank you for that. They do. And so what was your actual question? Sorry. 
What's your advice for me? I think like, you know, you are you, right? So whatever you do, whatever you're doing, no one else could do it that way. So I think that the biggest mistake a lot of these Bravo and reality podcasters make is like, they look around too much, right? Like you shouldn't be looking around at what anyone else is doing, right? Like you should be looking around at your brand, your show, what works for you. And really your only competition is yourself. So it shouldn't be like this person got that interview or this or that. I, I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. All these other people that get into a lot of this, this and that. And I just think you should like stick with it. I mean, you love doing it. You said so like, as long as you love doing it, all the rest will fall into place and you shouldn't look to others and why are they there and why are they at this point like FOMO is just cut all of that out like the party is where you are at and you're only in competition with yourself so you really should only focus on where you were you know three months ago six months ago not really all that all that other stuff is just external noise and just stick with it if you like it because I think it all eventually falls into place thank you so much I received that 750,000%. Um, this has been amazing. This has been impactful. This has been insightful, informative. All of the really big words that start with I. Um, thank you so much for giving me your time. I will come back anytime you want. You ask great questions. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Like, I... I'm one of those people, like you said, who over prepares as well. So as, so I really have as many questions as I asked you today. There's like, a, there's just as many questions that I haven't asked you still on the page. But I really wanted to make sure that I got the ones that I knew that I had to have an answer to, to the top of the list. Just like you said about having the headline. So listening to you, it really made me feel like, okay, I've won the right track. And so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I look forward to having you back. Please come back. I will come back anytime. You ask really good questions. So whatever you didn't ask me today, feel free. We'll do this again in like, you know, a month or so. Sweet. Um, the 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 uh, questions that I didn't ask was more so just like stuff about specific housewives stuff, just like random fan questions. There was a game of like this or that that, that I always play on the show. Yeah, so like we, so, like you can like come back and shoot the shit. I would love that. Really, we can shoot the shit all day and play all the games. Yay! Thank you so much. Let everybody know where they can find you. I'm sure they already know, but for the few in the back that don't, remind the children where they can get behind the Velvet Rope. I will, and when this comes out, tag me and I will repost it all over. So, really, you this can- will be out tomorrow. Oh, wow. Okay, well, there yeah. you go. Tag me and I'll post <laughs> over. Um, you can listen to Behind the Velvet Rope on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. On Instagram, we are at Behind Velvet Rope. There's no the. We're on TikTok, Twitter. And really, it's a five-day-a-week interview show with some gossip thrown in there. And I interview really actresses, actors, and the majority of what everyone wants from me is bravo, bravo, bravo. So there is always one housewife every week at a bare minimum. So hopefully people will listen. Work. 
I'm sure that this is going to be... Thank you so much. Because I... Listen, everyone who I've interviewed on this show or has commented on this show has all asked me to get you on this show. Oh, my God. That's amazing. You're a highly requested interview on this show, so I know that my audience is going to be very happy to hear this. Thank you so, so much. Well, I am humbled to you and to your amazing audience, so, but definitely keep in touch and I definitely will come back in a few, in a few months. Absolutely. I would be more than happy to slide in the DMs, but platonically. At any time, I check the DMs, as you know. Sweet. Talk to you soon, love. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, everybody, that was my conversation with David Yantef from Behind the Velvet Robe. I can't tell you what an honor this was and what a privilege it was and how grateful I am for this opportunity. I hope that David enjoyed speaking with me just as much as I enjoyed having him on the show today. I hope that you all enjoyed all of the things that we got into, and I hope that he enlightened you on what it was like to be a podcaster, a content creator, a go-to destination for celebs, and I hope you got to learn a little about one of my favorite content creators, and I'm sure one of yours, especially in the reality TV space. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and his Instagram and social media and all of those things. And make sure you send him some love and tell him that Sean Ellis Rogers sent you. With that being said, I appreciate every single one of you guys for being here. You guys don't know what this means to me. This is the opening of season two. I decided to start the new season off with a bang. And I figured what better way to end one season and start another with David Yontev, right? I feel like he's one of the biggest interviews that I've had so far. And when I say biggest interviews, I mean one of the most recognizable names in the reality TV space across a wide spectrum or across the, you know, entire uh, dynamic or parameter of reality TV. I think that... David stretches outside of just reality TV, even though that's mostly what I know him for. And he's interviewed celebrities, he's interviewed actresses, he's interviewed singers and artists. And, you know, I think that he's really laying a blueprint for the things that I want to do. And I didn't realize how similar our shows actually were and how parallel our dynamics were when it comes to working with the people who we interview. I think that that was very refreshing to me to see because up until now, I hadn't really seen another podcast that was producing episodes as much as I was or as frequently or as consistently as I was, except David. And I think that that's really one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to get him on the pod because I do follow his show and I am a fan and I wanted to pick his brain because... I made the decision to take this podcast five days a week without necessarily knowing that his show was so many days. But I think that 
kismet is a real thing. I think that coincidence is a real thing. I think that fate is also a real thing. And I think that maybe I was supposed to do this interview to see exactly where my trajectory could go and the things that I want to do. And that I may actually be on the right path. You know what I'm saying? I think the major difference between David's podcast and mine is that he interviews actual celebrities, actual actresses and reality stars and housewives and all of those things. And I more so am interested in interviewing content creators who may or may not have ended up on reality TV at one point. So... I think that it's been a blessing to sit and listen to this man talk about his process and talk about his journey and the things that he's wanted to do and the things that he's overcome to get to where he is now. And I really appreciate having this life lesson and this masterclass of sorts to go back to because I feel like out of all of the people who I've interviewed so far, David is really the person who if I get stuck as a content creator or if I get stuck as a podcaster or if I get stuck in some sort of thing that I want to do. I feel like this podcast is one of the ones that I would definitely go back to for inspiration because I truly see the parallels and I truly see the connection and I truly see the similarities between his podcast and mine. And hopefully it is a light or a beacon to show me where my show could go in the future. Do you get what I mean? I think that doing this podcast doing this episode of this podcast specifically was a major inclination for me that I did the right thing by upgrading my stage name and making sure that I am putting every fiber of my being and my creativity into this show and making sure that I don't slip or lack in any way. Um, yeah, you know, I just, I'm really inspired. I'm really appreciative. I'm really grateful for this interview, just like all the others, of course. But there are some interviews that mean a little bit more to you than others because it feels like you're talking to somebody who represents where you want to be. And I truly feel like David represents the potential for my podcast or the future for my podcast or the things that... I really hope to accomplish not not only from an interview perspective or a monetary perspective, but he said something that was very important to me and that stuck out very deeply. He said that if I can just continue to have years like the year that I had this year, if I can continue to be as blessed as I was this year, if I can continue to make the same money I made this year, if I can continue to be as fortunate as I am and be as lucky and be as you know, have the opportunities that I've had this year, I'll be just fine. And I, that hit me most because I really want to get to that place. I really want to get to a place of content. You know, I've said it on the pod before. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be, you know, the biggest person in the world. I'm not out here competing with other podcasters trying to be the number one podcast. I think for me, I want to get to a place where I establish a solid foundation and a sturdy table for my art and my creativity. And that feeds me and my family. Do you get what I mean? I just want to make a living doing what I love. That's it. And I think that David has gotten to a place where he makes a good living doing what he wa- doing what he loves. He's happy. He's content. And you see the joy in that. You hear it. And it's palpable. And I really appreciate that. And I really see that as a light at the end of the tunnel for me. Of course, like he said, you're going to have goals and you're going to have more important things that you're going to want to do and bigger goals to reach and bigger stars to strive for. But when you hit your sweet spot 
everything else is a cherry on top. And I think that that's something that I'm looking for. I'm looking for my sweet spot so that I can just be at peace and be content and be happy with everything that I'm doing. And then everything else on top of that is just a sweet spot or a a cherry on top, excuse me, of an already blessed life. So that was a really long way to say David is goals. And I just, I truly look up to the trajectory of his career and the things that he's done and the peace that he has and the place that he's at. And it really makes me feel like I'm not crazy in the direction that I'm going. So make sure you guys are subscribed to his podcast, Behind the Velvet Rope. Make sure you guys are subscribed to this podcast, Real Reality Realness. Make sure you also subscribe to my sister podcast, Housewives History with Megan and Sean, where we recap an episode of an old season of Real Housewives. We recap an iconic episode of Real Housewives talk about it go down memory lane ease on down the yellow brick road if you will and just have a good time talking about the hcu make sure you guys follow me on social media at real reality realness dot sir sir is spelled s-e-r like my initials um make sure you follow the sister pod housewives history dot m-s Um, make sure you follow me personally at Sean Ellis Rogers. Make sure you follow my co-host at Real Housewives and Healing. And yeah, leave me a five-star rating. Leave all my shows a five-star rating. Leave reviews, comments, all the things of the things. Let me know what you think about the show. Let me know what you think about this interview and all of the things that I have going on. And make sure you guys are prepared for all of the things that I have coming up because you're not going to want to miss any of the things that are going on or any of the people that I have coming by. So with that being said, I love every single one of you guys for being here. I appreciate your time. And I love every single one of you from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Make sure you guys always be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you, bye. Peace.